Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on June the 6th, 2011. For newcomers, look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find hundreds of audios to download and listen to at your leisure where I try and give you shortcuts to understanding this massive system, this organized system, very organized system which runs the world and which has been in existence for an awful long time. And to show you that nothing happens in politics or world events by chance, they're all basically planned this way as we go on towards integration for uh, the global governance idea and a brand new way of living. Uh, depopulation, of course, is part of it. There's too many of us. They claim the top, and they don't need us uh, anymore. Once all the wars are over, uh, basically that's our job finished, and that's what the U.S. is finding out right now. It's kind of hard to get it through to them sometimes, but that's really what's happening. Their job is almost over. And uh, the bread baskets of the world are already being set up by the big boys themselves in, in Latin America and elsewhere uh, through the NAFTA deal for, for the Americas, that is, but elsewhere too across the world. And uh, we're going through the biggest changes that uh, have been planned for an awful, awful long time. We're the unfortunate generation that goes through all the changes. And that's exactly what I think it was Rockefeller said at a World Bank meeting. He says this is the generation that's a cannon fodder for this agenda. And he says, again, too, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. Well, that's we're the big omelette. We're the broken pieces of eggs, actually. We leave the omelette behind for the big boys to eat. But that's the world you're really born and brought up into. Everything is really deceptive. And, of course, the public are never told the truth of what government's up to. And we're, we're treated like children, in fact. We're given children's stories for, uh, for world events and the reasons why things are happening. After all, if you want the sheep to move from one field to the next, you can't spook them. You must gradually, very gradually, slowly, just herd them in so they keep grazing right into the end. And that's where we're going with all of this. And when you're in those websites, too, downloading, remember they all carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given over the years. You can also get transcripts uh, in other languages in Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu. You'll find that listed on the com site as well. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you, so you can order the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, personal checks are still good, so are international postal money orders from your post office. And some people send cash, and you can use PayPal as well. You'll see the, the donation button, uh, send the amount, uh, followed by an email with name, address, and order. I'll get it out to you. And straight donations are really, really welcome in these days of uh, almost hyperinflation, I'd say, when you look at the food prices. And across the world, you've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and again, you have PayPal to order using the donation button. And again, straight donations also are well, very much welcome. In Canada, there's a, a kind of a go slow with the mail right now because the, the, the postal office workers are doing rotating strikes across different provinces for 24 hours at a time. And I kind of go slow, but I don't think it'll last too long and I don't think it's upsetting the mail too much. 
so the meal should get through. And as I say, we're going through the biggest changes the world has experienced, planned long before you were born or even your grandparents were born, in fact, by big foundations and their organizations, which they call the parallel government. The, 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 the parallel government doesn't have to respond to the public in any way, shape, or form. You don't vote them in. They're private institutions. They're multi-trillionaires uh, that run these organizations, and they run armies of non-governmental organizations and protesters that they sit on the streets uh, whenever appropriate for any particular cause which they're pushing at that time. Back with more after this break. We're back and we're cutting through the matrix. It's interesting, as I say, how the world's really rampaging ahead now. And so, there really hasn't been so much, at least verbal activity, I'd say, uh, tweeting and uh, twittering and all the rest of it um, across a whole planet. But so many factions all wanting different things. And that's the problem because the, the factions tend to be often uh, used by those in the top. They don't just let you start up a, an organization and protest, they try and infiltrate, and they do infiltrate very well, or else they'll start up an organization themselves before you get a chance to do it, and it's actually owned by the intelligence services. It's, it's such a muddy, muddy world out there. And then you have the, the other groups too. You, you still have a lot of Marxist groups out there, very well funded, still plugged through universities for an awful long time. And uh, people understand, too, the, the, the tricks that Marxists will also pull. They'll, they'll use every other protesting group. They'll, they'll join in with them. And just like uh, in the Civil War with Spain and then, of course, before that with uh, Russia, they try and grab the top seats and, and then eradicate everybody else who helped them get them. So there's so many organizations out there. It's just astonishing. And at the same time, Governments have never had such a freer hand as they go across the planet and, and bomb willy-nilly. And meanwhile, you've got all the other groups fighting with different things down below. Uh, no one's unified at all in stopping the war itself, this, this ongoing war. We've been in it for an awful long time, really since Gulf War One. It hasn't stopped. It really hasn't stopped. And it's got other countries to take down yet. So that was the New American Century agenda, of course. We have all the listed countries that were to get taken down. And we're going through them right now. And in some ways, you better hope that they drag on for a while, because once they have finished with the Middle East and then divvied up to the oil companies and the, and the gold and diamond groups and all the other ones who grabbed the minerals, um, just like they did with Iraq, uh, then they'll really have very little function for us left, except to simply pay, pay taxes and uh, and redistribute the wealth across the rest of the world to their big international corporations that they base in third world countries. I mean, that really is the system. But there's no real unified action, and there's got to be a unified action to stop the horror coming down, because this is to go into a planned society. It's already going into a planned society. We're going, th- we're going through it. And I've gone on about the, the, the cancers before, how they knew in the 50s, that they'd have to bring down the population, according to their own reports, that is, uh, the big boys themselves, 
they churned out books. Uh, Charles Galton Darwin put out a, a, a quite a thick book called The Next Million Years. He was a physicist. He worked on the Manhattan Project, and he he um, he said if we don't get rid of all basically the useless eaters and inferior types, uh, then he says they'll outbreed us, meaning the elite types themselves. And he wrote the book. It was well received by all the the bought and paid for media that's owned by the big barons. And um, he even said that they'd have to introduce various diseases into society, as one suggestion, as he said. Another thing, too, was that they'd have to disrupt the hormonal systems of both men and women and bring in infertility. And also, of course, you can see all the transgender stuff that's going on now. That was all since the 1950s, sped up um, during the 70s, and the present population are the end product. Uh, Literally, we've been bioengineered, and people haven't a clue that this is what's been going on. Through your food, he mentioned food, water, and all the usual stuff. All the things that you must have every day are weaponized. And that's naturally what you would do in a war situation, in that kind of war. You'd weaponize the, the basic food, basic food and water. So it's, it's hard for a lot of folk to grasp that that's actually happened. It's been happening. It still is happening. And now with genetically modified food, it's even worse. And we'll touch on that tonight as well. We have all these hormone disruptors. We have hormone mimickers, as they call them. In other words, they're synthetic hormones. Uh, we've gone through the bisphenol A and various other things on this particular broadcast many times and of how they've always known it was there. And they knew since the late 1800s what this stuff did to the male, especially it made them infertile. And sure enough, we have the, one of the biggest growing businesses is it happens to be infertility, infertility clinics today. So we've been under attack for an awful long time. We've had the SOC vaccine come out for polio, with the SV40 virus from the monkeys that were that they were using. Uh, the the growth basically the viruses on the kidneys of these things, but uh, the SV virus that came from them was was also altered, and it causes nothing but cancer. That's its only function is to to alter the DNA systems as the mitosis and cells goes on in your body, and you come out with these deviant cells, these renegade cells. Uh, so we've been under war, and, and when you're young, believe you me, when you're young, you ignore all news. I, I've been there myself, and uh, you, you, you want a great time for yourself. It's just wonderful, full of energy. You can't imagine anything ever happening to you, but believe you me, it is already happening. It's already happening to you. All of the things I've been talking about are already happening to you. Now, one of the, the articles I'm putting up tonight deals with depopulation and sterility because, you see, um, UNICEF, you have to look into the, the United Nations. I've gone through the history of that itself, quite a lot of it at least, and all the organizations it runs. And um, UNICEF's been going around the world, taking over from the World Health Organization, also the United Nations, and giving out these uh, anti-tetanus vaccines. I mentioned quite a few years back uh, that uh, they'd offered this, these free tetanus shots to women, pregnant women in Africa, North Africa, and in, is also in uh, India, and millions of them were sterilized because they'd literally weaponized the vaccine, and by using a particular hormone that's taken up during pregnancy, it went right to the ovaries and caused massive inflammation, and they aborted, plus now they were sterile because ovaries became fibrosed. 
and that it broke out on the news briefly on a CBC uh, night. It was a, a, a night for the CBC in Canada. Uh, it wasn't announced. It just came out on uh, during the, the news uh, time. And two men stood at a map. They were happy to be at the United Nations, and they were behind this project. And an interviewer was asking them uh, what they felt like now, not that sterilized all these women. And these guys got very angry and said, well, somebody has to do it. That's the world we live in. Now, in the West, here's the, here's the kicker. In the West, psychologically, you think, well, you see, that's not happening to us. That's those countries. You know, those countries. That's how you're taught to think about them. People who will do that to those countries are doing it to you as well. And you better get that through your heads. If you want to survive. If you don't, then go ahead and carry on as always. So I put a link up to UNICEF now with their their ad actually for life-saving vaccine campaigns. Right. Also, they've put in polio, live polio across Africa now, starting in Nigeria. I, mean, I read that last year where they were giving out the free uh, oral vaccine with a live vaccine in it, live virus in it, and then with it going into the bodies of the people and mutating further, now they have an uncontrollable epidemic of, of polio, a much more virulent type, as they go around helping the world. Now, along with the ad for UNICEF, I'm putting up a link to spontaneous abortions and population control and tetanus vaccines. It says, are new vaccines laced with birth control drugs? During the early 90s, the World Health Organization had been overseeing massive vaccination campaigns against tetanus in a number of countries, among them Nicaragua, Mexico, and the Philippines. In October 1994, HLI received a communication from its Mexican affiliate, Comit Pro Vida de Mexico, regarding that country's anti-tetanus campaign. Suspicious of the campaign protocols, the committee obtained several vials of the vaccine and had them analyzed by chemists. Some of the vials were found to contain human chorionic gonadotrophin, HCG they call it, a naturally occurring hormone essential for maintaining a pregnancy. In nature, the HCG hormone alerts the woman's body she's pregnant and causes the release of other hormones to prepare the uterine lining for implantation of the fertilized egg. The rapid rise in HCG levels after conception makes it an excellent marker for confirmation of pregnancy. That's often how they test to see you're pregnant. When a woman takes a pregnancy test, she's not tested for the pregnancy itself, but for the elevated presence of HCG. However, when introduced into the body coupled with a tetanus toxoid carrier, antibodies will be formed not only against tetanus, but also against HCG. In this case, the body fails to recognize HCG as a friend and will produce anti-HCG antibodies. These antibodies will attack subsequent pregnancies by killing the HCG, which naturally sustains a pregnancy when a woman was sufficient in anti-HCG antibodies in her system. It says she's rendered incapable of maintaining a pregnancy, so she spontaneously aborts. HLI reported the sketchy facts regarding the Mexican tetanus vaccines to its World Council members and affiliates in more than 60 countries. And I'll finish this article when I come back because it's important that you understand this. Now they're doing a big campaign in South Africa. Hi folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix just talking about these free 
uh, tetanus shots are giving out across the world through the United Nations that has a big depopulation agenda. You've got to understand, when they're always on about bringing the population down, why do you think they keep going, but we want to make sure you're healthy when you're alive? I mean, can you really believe all this Orwellian stuff that they put out there? Everything that's out there, really, you have to turn it 180 degrees to find out what it really is all about. Again, back to this article that says about uh, these contaminated uh, vaccines. It says, here are the known facts concerning the tetanus vaccine or vaccination campaigns in Mexico and Philippines. Only women are vaccinated and only the women between the ages of 15 and 45. In Nicaragua, the age was 12 to 49. It says, but aren't men at least as likely as young uh, women to come into contact with tetanus? And what of the children? Why are they excluded? The human chorionic gonadotrophin hormone has been found in the vaccines and doesn't belong there. The vaccines have been contaminated. The vaccination protocols call for multiple injections, three within three months and a total of five altogether. But since tetanus vaccinations provide protection for 10 years or more, why are multiple inoculations called for? The World Health Organization has been actively involved for more than 20 years in the development of an anti-fertility vaccine utilizing HCG tied to tetanus toxoid as a carrier, the exact same coupling as has been found in the Mexican-Philippine-Nicaragua vaccines. So they've been at it. They've been actually sterilizing the public and uh, uh, by using this, these free shots, as they call them, across the world with a trusting Population. Here's a scientist are here to help you, you know. This is allied with the, with the World Health Organization, the development of an anti-fertility vaccine using HCG with tetanus and other carriers have been UNFPA, the United Nations Development Program, the World Bank, the Population Council of the United Nations, the Rockefeller Foundation, the All India Institute of Medical Sciences, and a number of universities including Uppsala, Helsinki, and Ohio State. The U.S. National Institute of Child Health and Human Development, a part of the NIH, was a supplier of the HCG hormone in some of the AFV experiments. The, the WHO, the World Health Organization, began its special program in human reproduction in 1972, and by 1993 had spent more than $356 million on reproductive health research. That means, you know, infertility, sterilizing you. It is this program which has pioneered the development of the abortificant, they call it vaccine, makes you abort. Over $90 million of this program's funds were contributed by Sweden. Great Britain donated more than $52 million, while Norway, Denmark, Germany kicked in for $41 million. $27 million and $12 million, respectively. The U.S., thanks to the cutoff of such funding during the Reagan-Bush administration, has contributed only $5.7 million. It's way up again now, uh, according to the latest uh, studies. Now, I'll, p- I'll put this link up myself. You can go through it and uh, read it. Every country is involved, Canada, the whole lot, and it's all to do with basically sterilization. And don't think they're just doing this in what you could think are third-world countries. They have other ways to do it to us, including injections too, of course, including injections as well. Do you think they'd actually ask for you all to volunteer? huh? Well, if you understand that, then don't go and get vaccines for anything. Don't go and get vaccines for anything, if you have any sense at all. Any sense at all. Now, there's an article, too, from The Independent. It's, on, it's not just Dominique Strauss-Kahn of the IMF, 
Aren't we sick of all these terms, IMF and WHO and all the rest of them? Aren't we sick of it all, hmm? this bureaucraties? International Monetary Fund, it says, it's not Dominique Strauss-Kahn, it says the IMF itself should be on trial. It says, sometimes the most revealing aspect of the shrieking babble of the 24-7 news agenda is the silence. Often the most important facts are hiding beneath the noise, unmentioned and undiscussed. So the fact that Dominique Strauss-Kahn, the former head of the International Monetary Fund, is facing trial for allegedly raping a maid in a New York hotel room is rightly big news. But imagine a prominent figure was charged not with raping a maid, but with starving her to death, along with her children, her parents, and thousands of other people. That is what the IMF has done to innocent people in the recent past. That is what they'll do again, unless we transform it beyond all recognition. But that is left in the silence. And then it goes on to talk about uh, what they've been up to for an awful long time. To understand the story, you have to go back to, uh, to the birth of the IMF. In 1944, the countries that were poised to win the Second World War gathered in a hotel in rural New Hampshire to divvy up the spoils. They always do that, as you see them doing it now. With a few honourable exceptions, like the great British economist John Maynard Keynes, who, who wasn't great at all, actually he was part of this whole problem, the negotiators were determined to do one thing. They wanted to build a global financial system that ensured they received a lion's share of the planet's money and resources. They set up a series of institutions designed for that purpose, and so the IMF was delivered into the world. The IMF's official job sounds simple and attractive. It's supposedly there to ensure poor countries don't fall into debt, and if they do, to lift them out with loans and economic expertise. It is presented as the poor world's best friend and guardian, but beyond the rhetoric, the IMF was designed to be dominated by a handful of rich countries, and more specifically by their bankers and financial speculators. The IMF works in their interests every step of the way. Then they give you examples of what they've done to the countries that they go into uh, and uh, how they've pillaged them and raped them and plunder, basically, uh, after getting them into debt. Because part, you've got to get them into debt first, you see, and that's what IMF helps them do, and the World Bank. They give them loans they can never pay back. Never. And then they force them into um, uh, the agri-food business with, with uh, modern farming and chemical industry, and uh, they destroy their land very, very, very quickly. And then they ask for the cash back. And when you can't do it, they, plan, they come in and they run your country. They slash your health system to the bone when they come in. They, they slash your pension system to the bone when they come in. And people end up literally starving in these countries. All these organizations, I'm telling you, are from the pits of hell. The pit of hell. And yet we hear about them every day with their suits and ties and smiling faces. Uh, back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and just before I go to the caller, there's an article here I want to mention too, it's very important, because you see these big boys, as I've gone through their history, they set up their organization, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, with the job of taking over the whole world's supplies of natural resources, and running the whole world like a big business, for themselves at the top of course, and privatizing everything to themselves on on the way. We're, We're living through that era right now, everything's privatized, 
And uh, it's the highest form of fascism the world's ever seen. Now, whenever they put something on the books and push for it, you can guarantee they'll carry it out. And they get it on the books, and then they spread it off like a cancer in a thousand directions because, uh, because that's how they do it with all laws. doesn't matter what any, even innocuous little laws that get put on the books end up having different uh, purposes. Once they have them there, they expand them. There's no debate, just to expand them all the time. So we've all heard about the CO2 coming, and when you get pay for your, your carbon and for breathing the air and all the rest of it. Now, the World Bank is suggesting that a CO2 levy on jet and shipping fuel, well, guess who pays all that at the end? Everything that gets shipped to you, and that includes roads and all the rest of it, uh, all your groceries, all the whole lot, you're going to pay for it. And then they're going to give you a personal one on top of it, though. So here's the World Bank, another private organization under the UN umbrella. And it says here, um, the World Bank will suggest a global levy on jet and shipping fuel and recommendations to G20 governments later this year on raising climate finance, a senior official said on Sunday. It says developed countries have already written off chances of agreement on a new binding deal at a UN conference in Durban this year, placing a new focus on piecemeal efforts, at, uh, including fundraising. Binding targets under the Kyoto Protocol cap, the greenhouse gas emissions of nearly 40 industrial countries, uh, but expire in 2012, and now look unlikely to be extended in time. So they want cash before all this happens. The World Bank is focusing a levy on shipping and jet fuels in a report to G20 Finance Minister in October, among other efforts to keep climate action on track. So they have a plan, eh? On track. We are looking at carbon emissions-based sources, including... Uh, shipping fuels and aviation fuels that would be internationally coordinated, albeit nationally collected, said Andrew Steer, World Bank Special Envoy for Climate Change. A special envoy for climate change. What a high magician this guy is, eh? The bank estimates the extra cost to help the developing world, oh yeah, the usual rubbish, prepare for more droughts, floods and rising seas, uh, which don't happen, at $100 billion annually. $100 billion annually they want from you. Various sources put the extra cost of cutting carbon emissions at $200 billion or more annually. Steer said he was disappointed by the pace of a UN climate process which launched talks in 2007 to find a Kyoto successor. I've got to say the situation is very urgent, and sometimes that sense of urgency is not evident in the negotiations. Durban could make important changes in a number of areas, but an overall deal is not really on the cards right now, he said. In the meantime, let's get on with delivering what is committed, he said, referring to various voluntary emissions targets and measuring, including a target agreed two years ago for the world to raise $100 billion climate aid annually by 2020. How disgusting can it be? Uh, They'll be taxing light next, just just sunlight. If you ever get it, that is, under all the spraying you're getting, they'll be taxing sunlight as well. No doubt. Maybe gravity as well. Who knows? Maybe the heavier you are, the more gravity you use. They find some rubbish to push it through, which is, there's lots of scientists willing to sell their souls for uh, being famous and rich. Now, we'll go to Steve in England if he's on the line there. Are you there, Steve? Hello, Steve? I can't believe this, Alan. They, they, they've cut off my broadband. They cut you off. It. It's so funny. You've got to laugh at them. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. You know? Oh, it's, it's always. <laughs> I, I get coincidences every day trying to work this darn computer here. Yeah. Anyway, I'd like to say a little thing. Now, I, I, I used to work for Marconi, and I was out in the Middle East in Oman during the first Gulf War, and I, as a specialist, electronic warfare specialist, I, I used to 
now and then, I, and also because I was into guitar and that, I ended up in the um, mess of the Salt and Special Forces one night, and oh, it was quite chilling listening to them chatting amongst themselves. And Now, don't get me wrong, I quite like them as geezers, but I wouldn't want to fight them, but they, they kind of, they didn't quite have their head around what was going on, you know, and, and if you want to check up on who I am, just look into a bloke called Tony Fleming. He was the um, intelligence um, officer for Salt and Special Forces, XSAS, two para, Aldershot, England, and uh, he was a very good buddy of mine. He was in the ragtime type guitar, and, you know, I used to go out and visit him because he was more interesting to talk to. He, was, he took a couple of AK-47 rounds and Aiden and... I mean, he's, sadly, he's dead now, but he, he, I liked him. He was a mate of mine. Anyway, I'm sorry, I was whipping on there and just hanging. Oh, and please, by the way, people, you know, uh, send him a buck now and then. Okay, Alan. Yeah, thanks for calling, Steve. All right, mate. You take care. All right. And uh, there's also Alex hanging on from BC. Are they there, Alex? Yeah. Hi. Yeah, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I like that guy from England. He's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've talked to him sometimes, and he, he did work on a lot of very uh, kind of hush hush high high equipment over there too, uh, electronic wise. Yeah. He um he helped us by uh, recommending something we could take to unplug our lungs, which uh, which worked pretty well because we're pretty heavily sprayed over here. Yeah. You know, most every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, God knows what else is coming in here in the air, but um. That's not why I'm calling today. It's about uh, frequencies uh, and smart meter and, um, uh, you know, all the uh, WiMAX and Wi-Fi and uh, broadband and yeah. electromagnetic frequencies, et cetera, um, coming from towers, like cell phone towers and everything. And we're wondering uh, what you know and what you can tell us about how much of the grid is weaponized and, and how can it... Uh, can it be sending us psychotronic frequencies as well as the harp screen or, or you know, as they transmit uh, psychotronic frequencies through the harp screen? Can they transmit it through the electronic grid or do you know? Yeah, they can actually because uh, I think it was a year, maybe two years ago, it came out from a scientist in, Swit- in uh, Finland who had worked for the military over there and he patented a system where they can actually target individuals using a regular uh, cell tower, and uh, he said literally it's line of sight. They could target a person no, no matter how far away they were, as long as they weren't over the horizon. And if you were standing in a crowd, he says, what you could do without nothing moves on the cell phone tower, by the way, nothing moves or, or rotates on it. But they can actually lock onto your frequency, your actual individual frequency. If they have it already, it's, 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 it's easy, isn't it? I'm sure they get it all from our computers or something. But anyway, it says they can pick a person in a crowd and target them with, with the, under a three-foot wide beam. And just that one person will be affected by uh, this stuff. And it's, so it is weaponized. They can do it with multiple uh, multiple uh, um, towers, of course. Uh, they can also use it on large crowds as well, or even domestic areas. What they've done across England, in fact, the last caller mentioned it might send you some of the photographs he sent me, who they've set up, they put up these special towers, and you see the cables going into these things, massive cables, and they're not, they're not the huge types you see in the country, um, and they're almost like big standing microphones, that's how they look, 
and they're all next near uh, really dense populated areas and housing. So I think it's part of the, the psychotronic uh, systems, all hush-hush, no, no um, uh, Rogers or anything stamped on the outside at all. And other people across the world have showed me the identical ones going up, always where, where there's dense populations, yeah. Yeah. Now, do, do they, they don't need to have any aerosol-like plasma or anything like to send it through either. They just have to have you near one of the uh, smart meters or near uh, some of the whatever the technology that's hooked up to the grid or near the towers. Is that correct? That's that's right. They don't even need that if, when they have them uh, in amongst the dense populations. Uh, for HARP, you want uh, – remember, it was, it was Teller who came out, the guy who invented the H-bomb, who came out with the idea at the Pentagon – uh, to spray the atmosphere with metallic particles, aluminum oxide and barium and others, and then use harp and top, and it literally gives it a, a better, um, it's easier for the electricity or the, the electromagnetic pulse to travel through the atmosphere. It's more conductive. Uh, however, when you have them scattered throughout your, your, your community, they don't even need that. So if one went down or they couldn't spray or whatever, they could still use the other one quite easily by itself with the power voltage and amps that, have got, going, that are going through it, yeah. Right. Um, we've got a couple of events coming up. I don't know if you want, if it's appropriate to plug them or not, but um, there's uh, some, uh, a friend of mine has, uh, he's on the Free Truth Show, Patrick Lynch. I'm sure you've heard from him before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's actually uh, going to do a chemtrail, an anti-chemtrail day rally in uh, England at the air show, and uh, it's coming up on yeah. July 9th, 2011. So, um his uh, his YouTube channel is the Free Truth Show, and um, uh, that's where I met him was was through your show. Actually, he called me after he heard me on the radio with you. Yeah, yeah. And he's been pretty good. And then uh, we've we've also got someone near you in in Ottawa named Sylvain Henry, um, who has uh, something come up on uh, uh, June 25th, uh, which is um, he's trying to sort of uh, shock people out of uh, hiding and, and get people in official positions to come forward and talk about chemtrails, which, um, mm-hmm. you know, is, is sort of uh, optimistic, I think, at this point. But it, at least he's yeah. trying to do stuff. And <laughs> you know that came up in Parliament before in Canada. You, you know that, eh? Yeah, I do. And well, what happened, what, what happened was it was, uh, it was Don Scott from Sudbury uh, who had got his, his own member of Parliament to bring it up in the federal government. And uh, she did. And uh, the Department of Defense minister, or as politician, ministers, uh, stood up and said they, they don't have to answer any of these questions, and it's, it's all national security. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, isn't that a crock? Well, it just shows that it's a master-slave society. And they're, oh, it is. It, it is. There's no doubt. I mean, they know darn well when they're spraying like this, they know the effects, long-term effects, short-term effects, uh, the effects on the young and elderly. They know the chronic bronchitis um, itself will lead to cancers, never mind the, the, cancer, the, the, the cancerous substances they're spraying you with. Uh, but just constant irritation will bring on cancers too. Uh, but people have massive um, bronchial infections now that they just can't clear up. But it's, it's coming back after antibiotics because they're breathing the spray all the time. And there's not a day goes by that you can't walk outside if you can see the sky at all uh, in between all the rain they're giving you. Um, but uh, when you see it, it's covered, it's covered in, in chemtrails, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when they, they're manipulating the uh, weather, um, we've found that they're able to make it uh, hotter, even yeah. by spraying something that's, like, clear, so it ends up sort of like a, a magnification of sorts. It's a polymer. See, there's a polymer spray that they, they talked about, and it's patented, too. 
and it literally acts like a magnifying glass. It's, it's like looking through polyth- polythene, that, that vapor barrier you'll see when you for insulation. It's like looking through that, and that does intensify the heat trapped underneath it uh, and uh, makes it much, much hotter. They have different kinds of spray. And they've also admitted, too, in, in their treaties at the United Nations, they can cause rain or dissipate rain and, and give you drought. One or the other, they can give you flood or drought if they wish to. This is old stuff. Uh, it's been going on steadily now. Uh, from like like officially from ninety eight uh, uh, before that was all testing, but now it 's official it 's used uh, normally now, and um, they 're not going to stop as far as I can see yeah I, I heard they actually announced it, but i 'm not certain when that happened. They said they were either going to announce it or something in one of the chemtrail forums I was uh, involved in here yeah. and um, i 'll find out about that and i 'll call in and let you know if I find an official announcement, but they said yeah. they 're admit, admitting doing it. Um, yes. Its effect on agriculture is the most significant, I think, uh, as well, also on human life as far as tectonic weaponry and psychotronic is concerned. But Well, again, if you want to bring on famine, uh, you simply hit the bread baskets and get them flood or drought. And that's what we've had in the bread baskets in America for the last few years, one or the other. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's not looking good. It looks like they've almost achieved their agenda about reducing the population by 90, uh, 90%. It, it looks like it's insidious and inevitable at this point. Yes. Um, with everything they've already done, so no matter what we accomplish, we're still yeah, yeah. Have a lot of interest. Not only that, they've trained the next generation not to have any children at all. And, uh, and, and again, they've been awfully successful at that too. You understand we're going through a, a long-term intergenerational agenda here. Uh, where they, they've always known where they're going, and uh, we, we're, we're living through the last phase of this part of it, and um, and probably we're the, the last ones to be able to actually talk about it. I think the next generation growing up won't have the capacity to even understand what's happening because they're mind bombed. They've had so many inoculations, they've attacked them, and uh, when they drop the IQ officially. Uh, the so-called uh, the ratings at the United Nations actually dropped it to make it a new normal then something's happening to us all and the young children are getting born today never mind the, the social engineering through school that teaches them nothing but political correctness um, really we're the last generation that can actually talk about this and do something about it if at, if at all but yeah. thanks, thanks for calling though Alex thank you yeah. and uh, He's about your GM food now, and I knew this, and I've spoken about it for years. Genetically engineered food alters your your digestive system. It says the GEGE organisms actually become part of the bacteria in our digestive tracts and reproduce continuously inside us. But now the the USDA wants to remove all controls from GE corn and cotton. It says there are no human clinical trials of genetically engineered foods. The, the only published human feeding experiment revealed that genetic material inserted into GE soy transfers into the DNA of bacteria living inside our intestines and continues to function. Even after we stop eating GE foods, we may still have the GE proteins produced continuously inside us. And by the way, that's happened already. All the testing of the foods that they gave to animals gave them generally uh, cancer of the stomach and, and intestines. Uh, so that they know what they're doing, and this is not accidental, and every government's on board with this. It must be GE, it must be modified, it's the only stuff they're pushing, and no other company's allowed to even take the products because they're all patented and test them independently, and the government's all agreed with that as well. And government's your friend. And Canada they gave it to us for 10 years before we found out we're eating the stuff. 
because they said that the government had made a secret deal with big agribusiness in Monsanto to tr- test it out on the, on the Canadian population, probably because we're the most laid back. And we only found out in Canada when it broke out in, in Britain and Blair was, was pushing, wanting to push it on the British people and some NGO came out with all this data and then they had to admit it in Canada. Yeah, you're the guinea pigs, you've been eating it for 10 years. And it's better too because see, Karen's got this uh, fantastic supercomputer system in Ottawa. Every time you go to a doctor or a clinic, it's immediately transferred all the data, what, what you're in for, to this one darn computer across the whole country. And so they, they get instant results on what, we, what are they coming in with, what are the symptoms. They know what it's doing. Anyway, it says, as the Institute responsible for technology has noted, the genetic engineering process creates massive collateral damage, causing mutations in hundreds of thousands of locations through the plant's DNA, and eventually to yours as well. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and I, I told you before that when the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Dash Council on Foreign Relations, started up, they took over really, or amalgamated with the, the previous groups, which were the Cecil Rhodes Foundation and the Lord Alfred Milner Foundation, that set up to take over the world's resources, but they're still doing it today. And uh, they've never changed their agenda. Why should they change it when they can work intergenerationally? And they have their tenets set out for them, their plans set out for them. They hire, retire, and hire and retire till they get what they want done. And they also have a parallel government made up of ex-prime ministers and presidents. Here's one thing that happened in Canada last week. Twenty former world leaders discussed looming water crisis. You see, they're going to privatize all the whole world's water system. Twenty former heads of state, including former U.S. President Bill Clinton, warned Tuesday of an impending water crisis and agreed to establish a panel that will tackle a worldwide leadership gap on the issue. Retired leaders, among them ex-President Mexican President Vincente Fox and former Japanese Prime Minister Yasuo Fukuda, said the panel would work to raise the issue's political prominence in order to avert looming problems with worldwide water supply. Then they go into what they're called Interaction Council, they call it, on, on water, etc. And it says they were attending this year's three-day uh, three annual meeting in Quebec City. And it also included former medicine leader Ernesto Zedillo and Gro Brutland of Norway. The group urged a new international water ethic, a water ethic that will go along with your carbon taxes and offer 21 recommendations for world water management. Privatization, of course. At the top of the list was placing water at the forefront of the global political agenda. That means institutionalizing through all your teaching until it's like carbon taxes, carbon taxes, CO2, CO2. Other items included linking climate change research and water problems, creating a legal right to water, and raising the price of water to reflect this economic value. Guess where all that will go again, the United Nations, eh? Well, they'll split it with the private company that ends up owning the world's water supply. In areas where water is rationed, the priority should be for food crops and not biofuels, said the group whose co-chairs were former Canadian Prime Minister Jean Chrétien and one-time Austrian Chancellor Franz Ranitsky. 
Although there is plentiful water supply in Quebec, it is an especially topical subject after Quebec's space tourist Guy uh, Laliberti, a billionaire founder of, of Circuit de Solidal, dedicated his 2009 visit to the International Space Station to raising awareness of international water issues. You understand now that we're global, we have to worry about every little place across the planet. You see, see you have no nations anymore. That's the message. And you don't own anything anymore. That's also the message. You're interdependent. You must be right down to the individual totally dependent on the one system. That's what it means. Totally dependent. One day, if you drink out a puddle after a rainfall, you're going to get fined. And I like to think this was a joke, but this will happen with these nutters that they employ from the universities uh, to, to be greenies and so on. So we're really going through massive changes as they take, they've got the, they already own the food supply of the world. And uh, I've talked to people who work in the agribusiness and, and, and the mess that it's in now with government uh, regulations that puts all the small farmers under. Once you've gone, you've got nothing left but the big, the big agribusiness corporations who can do as they please, believe you me, because uh, I know, as I say, I know people who visit them and go around their big plants and so on, where they have oil dripping into your food supply and stuff like that. They don't get bothered by the government because there's a big agenda at work and you're living through it. And you'd better get active. Very active, if you want to save anything at all, especially if you have children. And even if you don't have children, uh, we shouldn't just end now. We're the end product of thousands and thousands of generations. And we have as much right to live on this planet as these gophers at the top that work for their master. From Hamish Monsieur from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.